Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. church family. Amen. You know, you got people that are serving, just taking care of your kids, ushers and greeters and people that are working in the cafe. So thank you for everybody that just is availing themselves to be able to serve. Again, we appreciate you so much. Well, hey, tonight or this morning, rather, we are finishing our series of what we called love. It's what we do. Amen. How many of you know that that's what God's called us to do is he's called us to love, right? And just because he's called us to love and it's what we're supposed to do, how many of you know that it's not necessarily the most easy thing to do when it's up against the wall and push comes to shove, right? Sometimes we have an opportunity to respond from the flesh. Does anybody ever have their flesh uh, pulled on at times when you have the opportunity to walk in love or not walk in love? Oh, yeah. Kind of hits you real close at home many times, right? Amen. And so here's what the Bible says. The Apostle Paul, he said to us, he said... He said, I purpose to speak the truth to you in love. I speak the truth in love. Well, if he's speaking the truth in love, what that means to us is that obviously some things that he is saying might not necessarily feel good to the natural man. In other words, it might step on your toes a little bit, right? But he says, now listen, I'm speaking the truth in love love how many of you have some tough love with your kids from time to time you know my little kids my kids are 13 they're 13 11 and 8 and uh, uh my father my uh my, my children's grandfather uh he went to go with my son just last week it was a field day and so he went on a field trip with him and so they were supposed to go uh to the uh gift shop and so as time would have it Things got away from them, and then they ended up leaving uh, the, the field trip without going to the gift shop. And so my son was in the back of the car kind of pouting, and my dad was saying, like, well, what's going on with you? <clears throat> got back to the house, and when he got back to the house, my son went downstairs and just kind of pouting on the couch, and he's like, well, what's going on? And so finally he's like, we didn't go to the gift shop. <laughs> so he was pouting the whole time because he didn't go to the gift shop. But how many of you know, you don't always get what you want, and sometimes things don't happen the way you want to. So come on, just suck it up and shut up, and let's, you know, let's get on with life, right? And so sometimes you just got to have tough love with your kids in spite of how they might feel or how they might see things. It's just really love in action. And so the Apostle Paul says we speak truth in love. And so therefore there are times that truth will stretch us. How many of you have been having your love walk stretched in these last few weeks? As we just begin to examine just what it looks like. And one of the things that you recall, if you remember, we said this, that this it seems as though life has a way of really becoming frustrating to us. Or life becomes frustrating simply because we have gotten frustrated with life. But the frustrations of life very well could be for the simple reason that we have not chosen to walk in love. Because the Bible says this, the, the Bible says that God is love. It's not what God does, it's who he is, right? 
And so therefore, when we choose not to walk in love, if we take a step out of love, we actually are taking a step out of God. Now, I'm not saying that you lose your salvation or you lose your relationship with God. I'm simply saying when you choose to take a step out of love, you're taking a step out of God. And love is where the perfect will of God is. And so many times we're finding ourselves being frustrated, and it very well could be that we're not walking in love. And the frustration and the pressure that we feel is the fact that God is stretching you and desiring for you to want to, or or, uh, stretching you to walk in love, right? Amen? And so how many of you know that, again, just through life, because of the things that happen, life at times can be disappointing, right? But have you ever noticed that there are those people, or maybe you even find yourself being this kind of person, that just simply disappointments or being dissatisfied has become normal? Come on, you, you don't have to tell off on yourself, but you know those people that are like that, right? They are constantly dissatisfied disgruntled and that is the normal way of life for them but how many of you know that God doesn't desire for that to be the case for us in fact in the very midst of it uh, uh, for us that are believers as we feel the frustrations and the pressures of life there is also this other pressure that is coming not from the outside but it's coming from the inside And it's this pressure of God or who God is, that God is love, and he's trying to get love out or trying to get you to walk in love concerning the affairs and the circumstances in life, right? And so, therefore, there's this built-up pressure because God is wanting to be revealed. There's something that is needing to get out of you, and it's the very love of God. How many of you know the Bible says that it's the love of God that is shed abroad in your heart? Many times we say, you know what? I can't love that person. I can't love that way. I can't forgive that person. I can't get over the past. But the Bible says that you have the very love of God on the inside of you. Therefore, you have the ability to walk in love towards somebody or towards a circumstance or a situation. And there is this pressure that is building up on the inside. And here's what the Lord said to me. It's interesting how the Lord will talk to you about some things and give you direction. Because as I was preparing for this, the Lord said to me, he said that pressure that is on the inside, that love that is longing to get outside of who you are, it's like the lobster. I'm like, like the lobster? What in the world does that mean? But as I said, the Lord will give you some things. And so I had to go study out what the lobster is or, or what God was trying to tell me about the lobster. Well, you know, concerning the lobster, the lobster has an exoskeleton. You know, it's the outside of him that is extremely hard, right? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody like lobster? Come on, man. I like me a good lobster. Yeah. You know, you go to the, go to the red lobster, and they, they, you know, you think you're going to get some lobster, and they bring out this tiny little tail, you know? Like, what? what is that? It's like a crawl daddy or something. That's not no lobster. But so the the lobster has this exoskeleton. And so there comes a time when the the lobster is getting ready to grow. And what is taking place is that the lobster is growing on the inside of that hard shell. And when it's time for him to grow and shed that shell, 
that pressure on the inside of that shell is becoming so great that he has to get rid of the exterior. And so what the lobster does is he'll swim down and he'll get underneath of a rock for safety measures. And then within the matter of 15 minutes, that lobster will shed the exterior shell. And when he does that, in the matter of seconds, he is several inches larger and longer and bigger in all facets than he was just a couple minutes ago. His claws are so much bigger than what they were. The length of the lobster is so much bigger and longer than what it was because there was so much pressure that once the shell was released or let loose, he expanded and grew. But now when he sheds that shell, he's got a real soft exterior and he's vulnerable. So he stays hidden for a few days until that exterior starts to harden back up so that he can be protected from the elements once again. And the Lord said to me, that's where most believers or where believers are. They're like the lobster. When they're going through life and they're facing obstacles and they're coming up against opposition and having the opportunity to be offended, they're feeling the pressure and the frustration of the circumstance. But there is a greater pressure that is taking place on the inside and love is wanting to be revealed on the outside. And he says, it needs to be released. It needs to be expanded. And if you'll purpose to shed the exterior shell that guarded and protected you just a little bit ago, you'll have the ability to grow and expand. But the moment that you let go of that exterior shell, the moment that you expand, and the moment that you grow in love, you become vulnerable. Come on, how many of you have ever stepped out there and just dared to forgive, just dared to believe the best, just dared to give somebody another chance, and it left you vulnerable? Sometimes vulnerable and you got hurt again. Sometimes it happens. But if you're ever going to grow in love, you've got to get to the place where you shed the hard exterior and allow yourself to become vulnerable again so that you can grow. And as you allow yourself to be vulnerable... And as God protects you in the cleft of the rock, you begin to develop a harder exterior to where you can handle the elements once again. Amen? Come on, say it with me. Say, I want God to grow me. I want to get bigger. I want to walk in love. Amen? If you'll give God permission, he will begin to expand your capacity to love. Now, I want you to hear that. Because the pressure that you oftentimes are feeling on the inside is love wanting to make an appearance on the outside. But God needs your permission to expand the love on the inside. Amen? Now, love isn't going to get any bigger than it already is on the inside, but really it's going to expand your capacity to love if you'll give them permission. How many of you know that the, that the moment you say, God, I give you permission to grow me in love, here comes an opportunity for you to walk in love. Woo, praise the Lord. 
You know, many times my wife and I, we have done these series together when we're talking about marriage or talking about love. And it's interesting. Well, it's not interesting. It's just the way that the enemy works. But every single time, whenever we purpose to minister together on marriage, the whole week before we minister together, it's like... You think, well, what business do you got to be teaching on love? Sometimes it's like, y'all don't want to. You do it. (laughs) But what's the whole point? Here you are. You are purposing to teach people to expand in their love walk. And yet you have opportunities to walk in love, right? So don't think it's strange that as you say, God, I give you permission, that you'll begin to have the opportunity to grow in your patience with imperfect people. Aren't you... So disappointed that people aren't like you. I mean, I say this all the time. I mean, if if you all, if all of you were like me, everything would be cool. (laughs) Isn't that how we think? (laughs) If you just get your act together and if you could just live like me, be like me, think like me, everything would be cool. Right? But nobody thinks like you, lives like you, acts like you. You're all your own kind of special. And so, love gives you the ability to have patience with imperfect people. It gives you the ability to let go of the resentments that you have on the inside. It will give you the permission to burn the files of the memories of the wrong things done to you. Come on, that's a big one. Because I'm telling you, I'm a master at remembering. And I don't know if you're like I am. But I have to be careful because, you know, you just push my buttons just right. Whoop. Open up the final cabinet. No, 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 no. Here it is, baby. Back in 2001 on September 1st at 11.53, I want to remind you what you did. Come on, anybody like that? Come on, you know what I mean. And so if you purpose to walk in love, it gives you the ability to burn the files of the things that you've had on record. And the remembrance that you have of the things that were done wrong to you. It gives you the, uh, the ability to see the potential in people rather than their shortcomings. Have you ever noticed that if you had a, enough hurts in your life, you start viewing everybody the same way? You just start to have the same expectation. Well, you know, this is what people do. You know, they just take advantage of you. They just mess you over. They just, you know, uh, that's just the way people are. But when you choose to walk in love, you start to see people's potential rather than their shortcomings. And then lastly, when you choose to walk in love. Now, I know this ain't going to affect anybody here in the church, but then you'll no longer be touchy, angry, ready for a fight. I got anybody in here like that? You touchy? Any touchy people in here? People that are just quick to get angry? Just ready for a fight? <laughs> Come on, you're smiling at me. The ones that are smiling the biggest, you're telling off on yourself. Listen, no, you, you understand what I'm talking about, right? You, you know those people that come into church and come into your life and, and come into your workplace. You, you know the family members that they walk in and they got the chip on their shoulder. And they lead with the shoulder. I dare you. I dare you just to knock that chip off my shoulder, right? They're ready for a fight. But listen. When God begins to expand us and grow us, we will find that we have the ability to grow in love and not always be ready for a fight. Be like the lobster. 
If I refuse to grow, I will constantly have this internal pressure on the inside. But you see, if I don't allow myself to grow in love, that pressure becomes pain. And that pain will become, or I'll turn it internally where it will, all, or it will become all about me. I'll become a selfish individual where I'll be locked up in my house. I don't want to be around people. I don't want to go to church because you know those people at church are all the same, right? And you make it about yourself and you just become real selfish. And how many of you know that that's really devilish at its core? Because what did the devil do in heaven? Why did he lose his place? Because he had a pity party, boo-hoo, it's all about me, right? And so at the very core of the selfish nature is really devilish. And God is wanting us to expand our love walk and grow in him. If you'll continually hold on to hurt, if you'll hold on to the pain, the resentments, the things that are done to you, do you realize that it only hurts you? And you give your power away to that thing, to that person, to that circumstance. And you've probably heard it before, but it's like you drinking poison and expecting it to hurt somebody else. It only hurts you. And so we've got to choose to walk in love. Amen? Here's what it says in James chapter 1. James chapter 1, starting in verse 4, it says, But let patience have its perfect work. Now, let me just take some liberties here. And really, I'm not taking too, many, too much liberty. The Bible says that love is, first of all, patient. It's kind. It's long-suffering. So if it says here, but let patience have its perfect work, couldn't I just as easily exchange let love have its perfect work? I could. Because love and patience are partners. They're twins. So let's read it that way. Let love have its perfect work, that you may be perfected or be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If, uh, if uh, any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives all liberally and without reproach. So in other words, when you come to God and say, God, I need some help, he doesn't go through all the list of all your what-fors and tell you the reasons of what you did wrong. How many of you have ever lived that way growing up where, you know, you need some help from mom and dad, but they give you the what for and they just slap you and wrap, wrap you or roll you over the coals first, right? You know what I'm talking about? Maybe husbands and wives are that way. Yeah, I'll help you and I'll come to your, your aid, but let me just tell you what you did wrong in the midst of all this thing. God's not that way. He says when you come to ask him for help, he doesn't rake you over the coals of all the things and the stuff that got you to this point. He says he does it without reproach. And it will be given to him. Verse 6 says, But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the winds. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. So notice what it says here. The Bible says that if you'll purpose to let love have its perfect work, that it will complete you, lacking nothing in your life. And then it says that it will begin to expand and develop your faith. But if you don't walk in love, he says, you're a double-minded man. You're tossed to and fro. And then when it comes to using your faith, he says, don't think that you're going to receive anything because you're unstable. 
I need you to walk in love. Are you seeing that this morning? See, this topic of love is one of those things that we can't just brush over and say, oh, yeah, I know God is love and we're supposed to walk in love. No, listen, God is love. And God says, I want you to walk in love because it benefits you. Amen? You know, there was a, a woman, is a woman. She's a wife of a pastor friend of ours. They're over in Pittsburgh. And I was talking to him just a few weeks ago. And as we were talking, she just recently started a new uh, ministry within their church. And what this ministry was stemmed out of was some things that happened in her past. And he said his wife at the age of four was abandoned by her father. And she said, here she is 50-some years old, and she's still affected by her father leaving. Still to this day, she asked the question, I was good enough until I was four years old, but then I wasn't good enough anymore. What happened? And therefore, it has affected her, and it has left a hole in her heart all these 40-some-plus years. Are you hearing me? And so therefore, you've got this 50-some-year-old woman, but internally, she was stunted in her growth at the age of four. So in other words, there's this little girl on the inside that is asking the questions, Dad, what did I do wrong? Was I not good enough? And it affected her all these years to present day. And I was telling my wife that same thing. I was telling her what Pastor John had told me. And she says, that's funny that you're, you're telling me that. Because she said, I was thinking that very same thing this morning. She says, how come my dad don't ever call me? I'm almost 50 years old. And unless I call my dad, he don't call me. Why am I not good enough for my dad to call me? He calls the other sisters, but he don't call me. You see... All of us have been, have been affected at some point in our lives. And even though we sit here and, and many of us are at different ages, 70, 60, 50, 40, 20s, whatever the case might be, but inside of us there are little children still needing answers because of something that happened that hurt them in the past. And so God birthed something in Michelle's heart. God said, I want you to help those orphan children and families that are hurting that don't have a mom or a dad. The very thing that hurt her and stunted her growth on the inside and affected her throughout all of her years is the very thing that God used to begin to expand her and grow her in order to be a blessing and help somebody else. God wants to use you. He wants you to grow in love. And as I said, if we'll be intentional to walk in love, God will take that love that's being expressed through you and begin to heal the hurt in you. Let love have its perfect work, making complete, lacking nothing. God wants to grow you. God wants that love to come out on the outside so that you can begin to heal. Amen. As I began to study the scripture, God brought this particular story to my attention. And I didn't necessarily know 
why he did at the very beginning. But he showed me something in this story that I had never seen before. Because once again, you can be a hurting person that hurts people, or you can be a person that grows through the hurt and the experiences of life to be a blessing to somebody else. And how many of you know that that's what God truly wants to do? Is to use you to be a blessing to love other people and to love them into loving God. And so this story I'm going to share with you from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18. It's one that you might be familiar with. But I, again, I, I want you to maybe see it from a different perspective than you've ever seen before. It says this, starting in verse 23. It says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven can, can, be, can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in whom owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he would be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything that he owed to pay the debt. But the man fell down before the master and begged him, Please be patient with me, and I'll pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave him his debt. Verse 28 says, but when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who had owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servants fe uh, uh, fell down before him and begged him for a little more time. Be patient with me and I'll pay it, he pleaded. But his, <clears throat> but his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put into prison until the debt could be paid in full. If you've ever heard that story, you may have saw that man in a way that I've always looked at him, and that is, is that you were forgiven this major debt. You were shown mercy. You were extended love. But upon being extended love, you turned around and you demanded something far less than what was expected of you. But you didn't extend the same mercy. You didn't show the same love. And we think, you dear, or you, 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 you creep. You're such an awful person. How could you do that? And we look at it as though it's a character flaw in him or he's just a greedy individual. But in this moment, God showed me something different. And I believe that this is possibly the reason why he responded in the way that he did. Number one, he didn't really understand the weight of his debt. In other words, he heard what was going to take place. I'm going to sell you. I'm going to sell your children. I'm going to sell your wife. And the thought of that was, was terrible. And you were frightened from the very, very thought of what could take place. But since you've never experienced it, you truly did not know the weight of the debt that was owed. Secondly, he didn't know the depth of the grace and the love that was extended to him. He didn't truly understand just how much grace was extended to him. And therefore, he didn't appreciate it. And then third, because of that, he didn't reciprocate it. And for many of us, we go through this life carrying hurts for what somebody did to us. And we choose not to walk in love. But we fail to see 
the debt that we were forgiven. The debt of sin that separated us from God. Nor do we see the vast expanse of the gift of his love that he sent in Jesus. And therefore, we just take it for granted. Come on, don't sit there thinking, oh, I don't take it for granted. Listen, we all take it for granted. Because we don't truly understand the debt that was owed. We don't truly understand what hell is. There was a destination of being separated from God, going to hell for eternity. And because you've never been there, you do not know the extent of the price that it has cost for you to be set free from there. And so oftentimes we don't walk in love because we don't understand the extent of the grace extended towards us. Are you tracking with me? Now let me share this with you. Remember I said that the Apostle Paul says, I share the truth in love. And as I began to think about that man that didn't understand the depth of the forgiveness or the depth or the magnitude of that love, once again I started to realize that how much we as individuals live our lives like that. And then God reminded me of a dream that I had just not too long ago. Oftentimes, God will speak to me in dreams, and he'll show me what he's trying to instruct me or teach me on. You might say, well, I mean, God talks to you in dreams. Yeah, it's, it's scriptural. In Acts chapter 2, it says, in the last day, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He said, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will have visions, so on and so forth. So, God speaks to his people through visions and through dreams, through the word of God, through the Holy Spirit. If you're ever wondering, say, well, did God give me a dream to teach me something? Listen, you don't have to wonder whether or not you had a dream from God. The moment that God gives you a dream, you know because he begins to explain it to you. But here's the dream that I had. And I hope you hear my heart and more importantly hear God's heart. The dream was that my oldest daughter got abducted. And as we began to search for her with no avail. And as we contacted the police, we started to suspect that she was abducted for sex trafficking. And I can remember awakening from that dream and the despair as a father. The thought of how my daughter must be so terrified being separated from mom and dad not knowing what's going to happen and again you know just the whole sex trafficking industry I mean it's older people wanting to have relationships with young children I mean it's, it's devilish and so I can remember in that dream thinking God I am so desperate God I am so hopeless God my little girl is gone, and I don't know where she's at. And I kept thinking, of, God, I want to do something, but I don't know what to do. And then the Lord began to show me. Here's the interpretation of the dream or what God showed me. He says, that's much of the body of Christ. Remember I said there, there are those that have been hurting 
because of things happened to them in their past. And so therefore, you were arrested and stunted in growth, maybe at that four-year-old little girl, that 11-year-old little boy, that 16-year-old teenager that had been hurt by something, and you still have that little boy, that little girl on the inside. And because of that hurt, you've ran away from God. And God's saying, where are you at? I'm looking for you. I want to rescue you out of your pain. For those that have not walked with God, but they're still living with that pain and that hurt, their destination apart from God is hell. But because they don't know the weight of the separation, it's not something that is of any necessity or any kind of priority in their lives. There are many that are not in church across America this morning. They're not in church, and God's saying, where are you at? And they've been abducted. And they don't understand the torture and the torment and the hell that is to come. But because they don't understand what they've been set free from, what Jesus loved them from, they continue to live in this life being separated from God. And he's saying, I love you. I'm trying to find you. There's so many people that are in the system because they've never received the love of God. This is where it gets a little more sobering. I said, God spoke to me concerning my little girl being in the system, being lost, and not knowing the torture, the pain, the fear that she's experiencing. Mom and dads, Where's your kids today? You might say, well, I know where they're at. They're at home. No, where are your kids at today? If they're not in church, if they're not here, they're in the system. If they're not here, there is a torment. There is a torture. There is an eternal separation from God that is their fate unless they come to know the love of God. And God is saying, I love you and I love your kids. And I want to love you into a relationship with me and I've come to set you free from the pain, the hurt, the torment, the separation. Will you allow me to expand your love? Will you allow me to help you find your kids? Amen. As I said, I know that's a sobering thought. But God wants to love us this morning. And he wants to expand your love on the inside to see beyond your own personal life. But to see that your kids matter to God. And if you can't ever get beyond you, you'll never be able to see your kids. If you can't ever get beyond you, you'll never see the neighbor that may not know God. Amen? Can we stand?
with every head bowed and every eye closed. I hope you heard my heart this morning. Because love is not judgmental. Love is not pointing fingers. Love loves. And God loves you so much this morning that He wants you to experience the true freedom from the pain and the hurts of the past. If you're still that six-year-old little person, God wants you to grow in love and be freed from the slavery of the past. God wants your family to be free from the hurts of the past. What is it for a man to gain the world but to lose his own soul? God wants your family to come into a greater knowledge of knowing Him. I was going to challenge you to leave this place search your heart and ask God to expand that love on the inside but if you leave this place it very well could be that you just let it slip for your memory so in this sober moment in this time where God is moving and God is talking to your heart and God is revealing some things of some changes, of some decisions. I want you to have the opportunity to make the choice right now and give God the permission to expand love on the inside. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. But I am going to ask you to repeat this prayer with me. And if that's you, that God's talking to you, to expand your love and purpose to make some choices and changes and decisions then you pray this prayer with your heart and I'm telling you God is going to begin to expand and grow love on the inside pray this prayer with me dear heavenly father thank you for loving me in spite of my mess in spite of my past God help me to grow beyond the hurts of my past the things that people have done to me choices that I've made I ask you now to allow love to erase it from my memory no longer stunting my growth God I give you permission to expand love on the inside of me and to be revealed on the outside of me to love with the God kind of love. To love myself. To love my spouse. To love my children. To love those around me. And help me help them escape the slavery and the eternal damnation that they could know but to know your love instead.
In Jesus' name, amen. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life